Thank you so much for joining us. Man, it is New Series Sunday, and uh, I'm, I'm ready, ready to go. And um, we're in a brand new series entitled Generations. Generations. But I want to make a couple announcements before we, we get into the Word of God. And I got a, an abundance of scripture, so we are a note-taking church. Ed, I see you're, you're ready to go, my man. Um, so have your notepads ready in, in your Bibles, be it your phone or a physical Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we have three big Bibles, and so it's, it's, it's all good. Um, and I mean the TV screens and the big screen behind me. But um, Yeah, I want to make two announcements real quick before we move on. So ladies, be ready to celebrate this. We have Flourishing. Is it May 8th at 7 p.m.? Come on, come on. We can celebrate that. It's going to be great. Pastor Kyra has a word lined up for you that's going to push your life forward and, and cause you to flourish. I love it. I love it. And um, that's going to be at 7 p.m. on May the 8th. Also, some big announcements that night, so you don't want to miss it. Um, the men will be there to serve you, open the doors, and serve you all this good stuff. I'll be there. And uh, not that that means anything, but I'll be there. And uh, you're excited about that? Okay, cool. So next announcement. Now, I want you to really be ready for this because I want your heart to be in the right place. I know my superheroes are ready for this. Um, but because we've seen so many people come to Christ over the past few weeks and uh, so many people took next steps, be it into a group or baptism or super steps, we've got a lot of new team members joining the team. Um, and this place is packing out, especially at the 1045 um, we are adding a third service on May the 2nd. Uh, we got to be more excited about that. The church is growing. The kingdom is growing. So a third worship experience on May the 2nd. Um, I'm looking at the registrations and um, we're seeing where we're, we're, we're capping out, uh, not because we don't necessarily have more room in here, but our kids' environments are capping out under the current restrictions. And you know, if you have kids and your kids can't come to church, you're not going to come, right. even if you want to come. So we're in a momentous season. Right. And um, so that's going to be 9 a.m., 1045 a.m. and 1230 p.m. Yes. And what we're really seeing is we're seeing the vision of Highlight Church unfold. Right. Um, come on, let's put our hands together. Vision. Vision. Vision is huge. Vision is so huge. So um, join the team. Your church needs you. Yes. Your city needs you. Uh, there are a lot of people in this area that needs to hear about the goodness of God. And uh, we, we need you to use those gifts. So join the team, build relationships, and uh, let, let's grow God's kingdom. How about it? a year after COVID-19, the church is moving into new, new territory. Yeah. Um, a lot of local churches closed down last year, and, and we, we don't want that, but that's what Satan wants. God wants his house to be full. Amen. And so um, let's go ahead and let's get into the series. Uh, before we get into the word, someone say Abram. 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 So Abram, God changed his name to Abraham. Abram means um, exalted father or father figure. Um, then he changed his name to Abraham, if you're taking notes. Um, Abraham means father of many nations or father of a multitude. And so Abram lived around 1800 B.C. or so, um, so almost 4,000 years ago. And um, God, God called him out of, of his family and out of his lineage 
Abram was raised by a father. His father's name was Terah. And Terah manufactured um, idol statues. Um, Abram lived in a polytheistic society. So many gods were worshipped. And something supernatural happened with Abram. We don't know how it happened because the Bible is an executive summary. It doesn't give a lot of details about a lot of things. And so this is one of the discussions I want to have with Abram when we get to heaven. Like, how did that really happen? You know what I mean? Like, so God called him. Did he send an angel? Did he appear to you? Was it an audible voice? Did he speak into your heart? How did that really happen? But God called out to Abram and Abram um, trusted the Lord. And so... um, he doesn't follow God. He knows of God, but he doesn't know God. And God still sought him out. How many of us growing up, just show of hands, you knew of God, but you didn't know God. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I was raised in church. I knew of him. I heard great sermons. I may even shed a tear or two as a young man because it was, man, that was inspirational. That was great. Seeds were being planted, but I didn't know God. It's like you, you know of a celebrity, but you don't know them. And a lot of celebrities that you know of, you probably won't like once you get to know them. But um, it's the same thing with like leadership. Like people are like, I like that guy. He's cool. But once you get close to him and you start challenging, you're like, I don't like you too much. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of, you know. Anyway, let me stay on, on, on task here. So yeah, he, he, he knew of God, but he didn't know him. And God called him and, 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 and he said yes to that calling. And where we're going to pick it up here is, I want to go ahead and pick it up to at Genesis 12. I love how Abram doesn't know God, but God is not turned away by that. He's indifferent to God. He, he doubts that God even exists, but God still pursues Abraham. You know what I mean? And he calls him into something great. And it says this here in Genesis 12, verse 1. It says, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will, someone say, I will, will. show you. So who's going to show Abram? God, God, I will, God, God. So that's a promise. Here it is, verse 2. I will, someone say, I will, will. make you into a great nation. I will, someone say, I will, will. bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Verse 3, I will, someone say, I will, Bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed. It's my favorite part. As the Lord had instructed. And Lot went with him. Mm. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. God said, leave your family. We're always like obeying 90% then there's a little 10% we like to hold on to and we're gonna have to pay for in the future and all that stuff you really ought to read the story but so 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 God calls Abram someone say Abram Abram. and he makes these promises to him and um, Abram follows and God promises Abram three things go ahead and write these down they won't pop up on the screen God promises Abram three things here it is land legacy and blessing Land, legacy, and blessing. Abram eventually has a son. Abram was 75 years old. So God is the God of the impossible. But it took 25 years for um, the first blemish of evidence of his promise to come to pass. So Isaac comes 25 years later. 
God passes the same promise on to Isaac because he's a generational God. God passes the same promise to, to Abraham's grandson, Jacob, because he's a generational God. In these three men, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob become the progenitors of the Jewish nation. I mean, these are real people. This isn't like some myth. These are historic men. And um, the, the Jewish nation comes to be. And it's the Jewish nation whom God uses to bring the Savior of the world into the world. Jesus Christ. So God is starting this thing with Abram. And he's saying, I need to start to bring the Savior of the world in. And he begins it with him. And the great thing about the promises that God made to Abram, this is what I love because, I mean, all right, pastor, you're giving us facts, you're giving us Bible, you're giving us scripture. What in the world does this have to do with me? And, you know, there are just some things that unless you're aware of what's what's for you, you, you'll never really see the value in it. You know what I mean? Uh, This is why you can come in church one way and leave the same way you came in because it was a good message it gave you feelings but you really didn't understand like the implications it had for you <laughs> and um, what I love about these promises that God gave to Abram was that, that God has God has given you the same promises and 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 people a lot of people like to over spiritualize it like God only promised you salvation he didn't promise you land he didn't promise you legacy he didn't promise that he would bless you. But that's not scripture. Matter of fact, we'll, we'll prove it to you right now. The same promises that God gave to Abram are promises that he's given to you. And so now I'm going to take you to Galatians 3. So we're going to go fast forward 2,000 years later with the Apostle Paul. In Galatians 3, Paul says this in, in verse 8. He says, what's more... The scriptures look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles. Someone say Gentiles. Gentiles. If you're not a Jew, you are a Gentile. Okay, here it is. Right in his sight because of their faith, their salvation. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said all nations will be blessed through you. So as you bring Christ into the world, when people accept Christ... Here it is. It says, so all who put their faith in Christ, verse 9, shared the same. Someone say same. same. Someone say same. same. Someone say same. same. Because you think that God is keeping something away from you. Did we not just read what God promised Abram? Yeah. Someone say same. same. All right. Blessing Abram received because of his faith. Someone say faith. faith. All right. Now let's skip over to Galatians 3. 29. This should be your homework this week. Read Galatians 3. Um, you know. And now that you belong to Christ, someone say Christ, Christ. you are the true children of who? Abraham. Stop. And we're gonna we're gonna deal with it this series. Next week we're talking about squander soup. We're going to talk about how it should be Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. Oh, that, ooh, yeah, that hit you. Yeah, that boy had that squander suit. You don't hear nothing about him. 
Because Satan put a little something in front of you. And, and, and you, just, you just squander everything. And so now it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the trickster. Because God will use anybody. God will use anybody. A, a lot of people come to church, you know, I'm a liar, I'm a trickster, I'm a swindler. And God's like, yeah, I want you. I like you. I like you because you all messed up. And if I get into your heart, I'll use you. I'll bless you. I'll take you places. Hell yeah. I want you. I want you. We got to work that out of you, but I'll use you. You know what I mean? You got to read your Bible. He broke Jacob's hip. Because even after he blessed him, he was still a swindler. So he uh, broke that hip. Humbled him for the rest of his life. You know? Oh, back to the verse. <laughs> Here it is. Halfway through verse 29. You are his heirs. Someone say heirs. heirs. And heirs, someone that you pass something on to. Right. Right, yeah. And it says, God's promise to Abraham belongs. Someone say belongs. Belong. To you. Let's praise God for his word. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Because that's where it's at. It's your faith. All right, so now you know why I get up here and I say, we go do 20 campuses and you go be blessed and, and all this because I, I have reason. You know what I mean? I have reason. To, let, let, me, let me behave because the content is so good. So I, I want to give you, this is what we're going to call this message, ageless promises. Ageless promises. These promises do not expire. They are still active today. And, and what God promised Abram, he has promised you. No matter where you are, who you are, they are yours for the taking. And what I'm going to do is we're going to round these, these promises up into, into two, two modern thoughts or two modern, modern concepts or promises. Number one is the promise of proximity. The promise of proximity. The word proximity means closeness. God wants to be near you all the time. My father shared a story with me a couple years back. He said he was in his early 20s. Um, it, you know, I'm, I'm the baby of 24, um, if you don't know. My dad is, my dad would be, what, 84 in September. And so um, he, he shared with me back then, back in his day, they used to do door-to-door -door evangelism. And even still today, some... Some denominations try to do it. Jehovah Witnesses and churches uh, drop stuff off to you and all that stuff. But door-to-door -door evangelism was where they would go out, they would knock on your door and, and ask you, you know, could they pray for you? And um, do you know the Bible? Do you know Jesus? Do you have a church home? We'd love to invite you out. And so I think my dad was in his early 20s. And uh, he said a man came to his house, knocked on his door. He answered it. And the guy started asking him about Jesus. And he started asking him about coming to church and all this stuff. And yeah. my dad told me that he kindly and politely declined. And um, he said at the end of the talk, the man told him, he said, and I'm like, man, this man had the audacity to tell a stranger this. This is crazy. He said, he said, um, sir, okay, you know, I understand. He said, sir, just, he said, you remind me of the, the biblical character Moses. He said, you're hard-headed, just like him. And, and, and he left. My dad would tell you that story right now if he was here. And, and he left. But fast forwarding, like I said, a few years ago, 55 years later, 
when he was telling me that story. That experience of, of, of the gospel and the good news of Jesus being preached to him at his doorstep still stuck with him. And looking back at that, at that time, my dad said, God was, God was trying to reach me then. God was trying to reach me then. And now some, you know, 30-something years later and, and 50 years later, I come along and, and my best friend starts to get involved with the church and we're in college, we're partying it up, we're doing our thing. And now here comes my best friend inviting me to Bible study. Right? Like God tried to reach my father and now he's, he's trying to reach me. And that's why I need to ask Abram when I get to heaven. Like, how did that go? Was, was it a person? Was it an angel manifested? Was it God's heart? Like, and then he's, he's knocking on my door. Hey, Josh, will you come to Bible study with me? Will you come to Bible study with me? Will you come with me? And, I, you know, I'm closing the door like my dad did. And I finally went. And, and since then, my life hasn't been the same. But, but it's the promise of proximity. Like, I know for a fact that God has tried to reach your great-grandmom, your great-great-grandfather. The gospels came to your grandma. The gospels came to your granddad. The gospel came to your parents. The gospel came to your dad. The gospel came to them. And then finally, it's coming to you. Because the Spirit of God is always trying to reach the next generation because He's a generational God. He's always trying to invite us in. And maybe when it, when, when it comes and when the people come and they talk about the Lord and they talk about Christ, we don't understand it. It's too religious. We're not for it. But those are always attempts that heaven is trying to make to get you, to get you close to Him. It actually says this in, in Romans 10, 14 through 15. It says, How can people have faith? in the Lord and ask him to save them if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? And how can anyone tell them without, here it is, being sent. Someone say sent by the Lord. The scriptures say it is a beautiful sight to see even the feet of someone coming to preach the good news. I know this, child. God is pursuing people. He's pursuing you. That's why he woke you up this morning. Some of you are in this church because it was an invite. But it wasn't an invite to church. It was an invite to have a relationship with God. I believe with all my heart, go back and read Genesis 11. At the end of that chapter, Terah dies. He's leaving one part of the world and he's going into another part of the world. And I believe that God was calling Abram's father. But Abram had the sensitivity and the wherewithal to know that we're not just moving because we're moving. Terah lost, lost his older son. And so, so something traumatic happened in Terah's life that caused him to stop hearing the voice of God. And so God said, because I can't get to you, now I got to skip you and I got I to gotta call your son. And, and his son was sensitive to the call of God. So God sent forth his word. And I'm, I'm, I'm picking up my baby now from school. Even Jay's getting it. Jay's stay at home and Judah's in Christian school. But they're both hearing the voice of God. And I'm talking to Judah almost every single day about Jesus, y'all. And he's like, Daddy, uh, uh, what about like um, when we die? Like the soul. And what does heaven look like? 
And, and, and why did Jesus have to die for our sins? And God, I love it. And it brings tears to my eyes. And it puts joy in my heart because I know that God is working in the next generation. And he's going to be working in my grandkids and my great-grandkids. He's always moving. But why? Go ahead and write these down. Why does God pursue us? Why does God want to, want to be close to us? Number one, it's because he loves you. He loves Abram. He loves you. Being a parent, you can't be too far away from your kids. You'll understand this one day. God loves you. Number two is because God wants you to be free. God wants you to be free. God didn't want Abram to be stuck in the same rut that Terah was caught in. And a lot of times it's not even like financial ruts. It's mental ruts. It's like Terah's jacked up and he's sad and he can't get past this place. God didn't want Abraham to, to get stuck there. God wants you to be free so, so he draws close to you. The Bible says uh, uh, he sticks closer than a brother. And then number three, why, why does he want to be proximate? It's because he wants to bless you. I will bless you. I will prosper you. I will move you forward. It's the promise of proximity. It said that um, in, in Hebrews, we don't have the verse, but um, go ahead and write this down. The Bible says that God, here it is, has bound himself to you with an oath. And so if you break the Greek term oath down, the word actually means confinement. So as soon as you, you, you're born, what, what God does, and this is the way that I see it, what God, and you don't know it, but what God does because he loves you so much and he's so faithful, what God does is he puts spiritual handcuffs, one on him and one on you. And he's confined to you. And you, you don't know. You just think you're running from God. I'm running from God. I'm running from God. <laughs> I'm running from God. I'm running from God. I'm running from God. I'm running. God's like, you ain't running from me. You ain't running from me. I'm right here with you. I'm running. I'm, come on. God is confined. He's all on you. But the problem is, is it takes about 50 or 60 years for many of us to figure that out. And it shouldn't. It's the promise of proximity. Uh, number two. All right. You ready? Second promise is the promise of portion. Someone say portion. This is the good one right here. This is going to take up majority of my time. All right. I got an hour. Okay. All right. Here. Portion. Let's go ahead and define this. Portion. Going to write this down is a part of the whole. A part of the whole. And, and the, Lord, the Lord owns everything. The Bible says the Lord owns a cattle on a thousand hills. I love when we're, when we're leaving home. Um, it, it's a lot of grass, a lot of plains. And, and someone has a lot of cows, and, and it's just that biblical promise. A cattle on a thousand hills is, is so beautiful. And, um, or you can write this. Your portion is here. It is. Write this down. The fullness of blessing that God has set aside for you. 
you have a portion, the fullness of blessing. And so God gave Abraham those promises. And, and now we're going we're gonna to go pay a visit to, to Isaac. Join me in Genesis 20, 26. Here it is. It says this here in verse 2. Genesis 26, verse 2. It says, The Lord appeared to Isaac. Someone say Isaac. Isaac. And said, Do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Y'all, y'all remember last summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dig. Verse 3. Live here as a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. And I hereby confirm that I will give you all these lands to you and your descendants, just as I solemnly promised, someone say promised, Abraham, your father. So Abraham, Isaac, next generation. Go over with me to Genesis 35. Y'all okay? Genesis 35, verse 9. Now, Isaac had two sons, but mainly Esau and Jacob. Here it is. This God's talking to Jacob. Verse 9, 35, verse 9. Now that Jacob had returned from that place, God appeared to him again at Bethel. God blessed him, saying, your name is Jacob, which meant trickster. But you will not be called Jacob any longer. From now on, your name will be Israel. So God renamed him Israel. Then God said, I am El Shaddai. Someone say El Shaddai. El Shaddai. What does that mean? God Almighty. He, yeah. Here it is. Be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation. Even many nations. Kings will be among your descendants. And I will give you the land I once gave to. Someone say that. Abraham and. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after you. Then God went up from the place where he had spoken to Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Now, now Jacob, he renames him Israel. Israel, which means prince of God. And Israel has 12 sons, which will become the 12 tribes of Israel, which will become the nation of Israel. Okay. Now, out of those 12 sons, he has one, and his name is Judah. Someone say Judah. Judah. Judah is one of the tribes, one of his sons. And the same promises were passed down to these boys. Yeah. Now, I want to take you somewhere. A thousand years after Judah is born, there is someone that is born in the tribe of Judah. And so we're going to fast forward to First Chronicles here. A thousand years after Judah... And 1 Chronicles is kind of boring, right? There's a lot of lineages. It's kind of like our family. Like, we got a lot of lineages. But the author stops for a moment, and he uses two verses to talk about an individual who tapped into the promise of his great, 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 great grandfather. And we can do the same thing. So let's go to 1 Chronicles. Here it is. 1 Chronicles. Chapter 4, verse 9. And so it has the tribe of Judah and it has these lineages. And it says this here, verse 9, 1 Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. Verse 10, he was the one who prayed. Someone say prayed Prayed. to the God of Israel. His great-great-grandfather was a praying man. 
And, and that's one thing I do remember my dad telling me about his dad, is that he, he prayed every single night. And I like to believe that the reason a lot, a lot of you are alive and you're blessed and God has been protecting you and God has been good to you is because there was someone way back in your lineage that had been praying for you. Been praying for you. I know Luther may up there right now talking to Jesus. Lord, you see my grandson? Keep him, Lord. He crazy. Bless them people he pastor because he crazy. She praying for y'all too. What am I doing? Stop. All right. Here it is. It says this here. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my, someone say my, territory. Please be with me in all that I do. Keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. What I love about Jabez is that he, he tapped into it. And he didn't allow his past to block him from his portion. He didn't allow it. His mom named him pain. And a lot of us have a lot of broken passes. We don't know our dads. We don't know our moms. We don't get along with dad. We don't get along with mom. We were born with this. We were born with that. We were born in this situation. But that is no excuse to not tap into what God has for you. He said, my territory. There's a, there's a portion with, 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 your, with your name on it. I remember um, when we were preparing to move into our first home as a family, uh, we, we had, did everything we, did, we could do on our end, um, downsize into an apartment, started paying off debt. Um, we had did it all, did it all, did it all. The boys didn't know it. The boys didn't know it. And, and finally, we closed on the house. And, and then this, this particular day where we planned to, to take them to, to, their home, to their new home, we, um, we got up, we had breakfast, and it was just like a normal day for them. Got up, had breakfast, had lunch. And uh, what I did the day before was I went over to their rooms because our boys have, we've lived with our mother, my mother-in-law. We had to move out of our house at one point, and, and we moved here with, with a lot of people and couldn't afford to pay the bills a lot, blase, blase. So our boys have never really had their own room. And uh, what I did the day before we moved into our new home was I went and I got, I got their brand new baseball bats, brand new TVs, put them in their respective rooms. And uh, we had lunch that next day and we took them out to their house. And they didn't know it. They were on their tablets and everything. You know what I mean? They're just chilling. Was, oh, where are we going? Like, we're going to a friend's house, you know, gonna have lunch, you know, second, second lunch, even though we just had lunch. You know? <laughs> uh, and so we pulled in and we recorded the moment. And, um, the oldest one was just speechless. And the baby boy was very anticlimactic. You know what I mean? Like, what is this? But when we finally opened the door and showed them their rooms, it was like, is this, is this my room? Is this my room? And, and that's how God does you. God, God, is, God is prepared something for you that, that you haven't even conceived yet. 
there's a, there's a portion, there's a God, God-sized portion. There's portion. Right standing with God is your portion. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are accepted. There's, there's joy is your portion. A lot of us, we were raised in homes where drama ruled, division ruled, fear ruled. That's not your portion. Peace is your portion in Christ. Peace, peace, peace is your portion in Christ. There's a degree with your name on it. There's a master's, there's a PhD, there's a business, there's land in this world with your name on it. There are homes with your name on it. There are relationships and opportunities and influence with your name on it. And all Jabez did is he prayed within the parameters of the promise that God had already given his grandfather. It's so easy. Have you ever read um, Joshua chapter 10? Um, they're fighting. They're in battle. They're in war. They're going after it. They're advancing towards the promised land. And, and, and they're, they're being defeated. And so what Joshua does is he prays to God. And he, no, he doesn't pray to God. He speaks to the son. And he, said, he says, oh, son, stand still over the valley of, I think it was Gibeon or whatever it was. And the son literally stood still for 24 hours. Can I tell you what he tapped into? It was just the frame of what God had already promised his grandfather, Abraham. And when your prayers are just, Lord, bless my food. Lord, help me make it through another week. That's easy stuff for God. Start praying for your territory. Start praying for expansion. Start praying for growth. Start praying for miracles. Stop this boring stuff. God's going to do that anyway. He's going to feed you. He's going to pay your bills. Pray big. There's a portion out there for your glory, for his glory. And then there's an eternal portion. Write that down for you. And that eternal portion is living with God forever in heaven. Jesus said this in John 14, 1 through 3. Jesus said to his disciples, don't be worried. Have faith in God and in me. There are many rooms in my father's house. I wouldn't tell you this unless it was true. I'm going there to prepare. Someone say prepare. Prepare. Mm -hmm. Your portion. So, so, so you tell me that God only has a portion for you in heaven? I think he cares about it all. I think he wants you to be saved. I totally agree. To all my Calvinists out there, Reformed, the, the, I totally agree. Salvation. I totally agree. But I also think he has a portion for you in this life. I think he wants you to advance. But then he has a portion for you in heaven. It says it here. I'm preparing a place for each of you. This is the way I see it. I see that Jesus is in heaven. I've said this before with his wife beater. Keep it church friendly with his A top, his A shirt. And he has on his uh, thing. I always say he looks like Cesar. He has on his tool belt. And and, and he's just preparing a place for you. 
He's preparing a place for you. Your portion in heaven. Daddy, what does heaven look like? And I, I tell him, I, I've had a dream or two. But, but even that little, little bit that God has shown me, it's nothing in comparison to what heaven fully is. I've, I don't mean to get deep or spooky, but I've, I've seen it. It's, there's no sun because he's the light. The temperature is perfect. Pa- Paul said, I don't know whether I was in the body or in spirit, but I was there. I've swam in the waters of heaven. I've told my son these things. God has given me an out-of-body. The waters are perfect, not too hot, not too cold. The grass has no dirt beneath it. It's just grass and it's beautiful. I've had a third heaven experience. But God didn't show me my portion. He says, I go and I prepare a place for you. God cares about it all. And I just want to encourage you, like, he, he may have skipped a generation. Maybe there's dysfunction all through the lineage of your family. Maybe there's alcoholism and divorce and abuse, dysfunction. Maybe your family went to church, but it's almost like they put the mask on when they got to church. And it came off as soon as they got into the car. God has a portion for you. And and all it takes, last point here, all all it takes for you to tap in to what God has for you is trust. That's all it takes. And I would go as far as saying this, maybe you had a great family, but God wants to take you further. All it takes is trust. If these are the ageless promises right here, and you are right here, all you have to do is cross the line and say, Lord, I'm I'm going all in. I'm telling you, you can get everything in this world. You can get money. You can get cars. You can get fame. You can sleep with everyone you ever want. You can get all that. At the end of the day, you're going to come to yourself. You're going to say, I'm still empty. You can get the job you currently want. Six months from now, you're going to be like, I want a new job. Because what God has for you It cannot come from the hand of man. It has to be from him. So Abraham was, he wanted something. And he was willing to leave it all. He was willing to leave it all and say, Lord, I don't know where you're taking me. I don't know how it's going to be, how long it's going to take. 
but I fully trust you. And as a result of his faith and what Christ did on the cross, we are now here today. We ought to celebrate that. Let's come on. All it takes is faith. And now I know, now I know, baby, the greatest gift we can give our kids is not finances. But it's the gift of mom and dad trusted Jesus every step of the way. And what we've come to find out is that Jesus will never let you down. He fulfills every promise. Let's stand to our feet. Come on, let's pray. Let's stand to our feet. Lord God, we just give you all the glory and all the honor, God. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are not just a promise maker, but you keep all of your promises. And Lord, we even thank you, Lord, for our lineage, our mothers, our fathers, our our grandparents. God, we, we thank you, Lord, for them. We thank you, Lord, that you've been pursuing us. We thank you, Lord, that you're confined to us and you love us. So now, God, I just ask that you would give us the grace to trust you fully. With all heads bowed, if there's anyone in here who would like to come to Christ today, he loves you with an unfailing love. He died on a cross so that you would be free. Or if you know Christ, but you can admit that you haven't been walking with God and you want to come back to him this morning, God's arms are wide open. He wants to be near you. He wants to set you free. And he has a portion that he's prepared for your life. We're going to pray a prayer here in a moment, but if that be you and you want to come to Christ today, be the greatest decision you'll ever make. If you want to come back to the Lord, what I want you to do, just me, you, and heaven, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Every head bowed, raise your hand. Coming to Christ or back to Christ today. He's calling you. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Hallelujah. Come on, church, let's pray. Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I turn from my life and I give it to you. Thank you, Lord, for dying on that cross. Thank you, Father, for raising Christ from the dead. Lord, I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's put your hands together.